Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. And I'm Jill Coleman. Welcome to the Best Life Podcast. Here we talk about everything from success, money, relationships, and entrepreneurship to productivity, honest communication, positive psychology, and how to cultivate an abundance mindset. Make money, travel the world, deepen your relationships, live full out. This is the Best Life. We're in the Phoenix studio again. Woohoo! <laughs> With Jeremy Eason. Hi, everybody. Great. So we were just talking about how, uh, mentioning that you were the OG fitness person, like beginning fitness. So I don't know if you guys know Jamie, Jamie, but um, I kind of feel like I can understand. And so can you kind of repeat what you were just saying about feeling like not being the OG or what that means? <laughs> well, first of all, I had to figure out what OG meant. Right. That's when I was like, well, maybe I am OG. So original gangster, if you don't know, like I didn't know. So I don't think of myself as the gangster type, but um, I, I guess it's a, is it like a, you know, respect thing? I don't know. I think it is. I think it means like you've been around, you know, you've seen all the angles, yeah. like you're someone to learn from. That's yeah. how I take it. I think you're right. I think that's, you I mean, they, they seem to always say it positively, but that's why I looked it up. I was like, what are these people calling me? <laughs> <laughs> but, um, but yeah, no, I don't feel, I mean, I've been in the industry 13 years, so I don't feel like it's been that long and it feels sometimes like a blink of an eye, yep. but, um, but things dramatically changed, of course, when I had kids and I've got a six year old now. So six years ago, I was like, maybe my career is going to really take a nosedive, <laughs> you know, not, not keep going. Cause I was busy all the time prior shooting magazines yeah. all the time, workouts, um, working with lots of different companies. And so I thought, yep, it's going to slow down. I don't know what this body's going to do. Um, I had my second at 40, so I'm 43 now. So I thought, um, yeah, I thought it was pretty much over, but, uh, oddly enough, my, my income actually kept increasing steadily, which was really nice, a nice surprise. But I think what happened is, um, you know, fitness, there's different levels of fitness. And I think you just become more of an attainable level of fitness when your body goes through the crazy, you know, pregnancy phase. And especially at my age, you lose collagen and, you know, then you become more aware too as a trainer, which I've always been, um, or for 13 years have been, um, you become aware of just all the different needs people really have. I was that trainer before that was like, if it's important to you, you'll find the time. Then I, yeah. then I had a baby and wanted to punch myself in the face. <laughs> I realized it's not that easy. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, but yeah, no, it's, it's oddly enough, the OG thing, I guess, is a respect thing. And I really appreciate that. And it is my goal to help people who've come after, you know, kind of navigate this world because it's been, it's really been difficult. Fitness is to have a real career and make money because it doesn't make very much money. Um, you really have to make some good choices and you're going to make some bad ones. And so um, I'm currently 
still dealing with the repercussion of some bad ones where I took sexier photos Mm -hmm. and I'm litigating about 15 or 16 strip clubs right now that just stole bikini images they're not even like super bad but um but I have literally flown you know like all over the place and they count on the fact that you probably can't afford to litigate them sure so me and about 10 to 15 models depending on how many that the strip club stole um are litigating and we've won several but you don't win a whole Dang, lot. Dang, I want to find out if anyone's using mine. Hey, I can get you in touch with people. <laughs> you don't win a ton. I mean, we're talking like yeah. a few thousand dollars sure. that you get because after the lawyer, the lawyers all get paid and you're flown everywhere, they try to make you completely miserable. Yeah. They're like, we got to do a deposition. Mm-hmm. They sit you down and like interrogate you. And they're like, you're, you're asking for this basically when you're taking these photos. Sure. And that's mm-hmm. so insulting because yeah. it's like, I would never, I mean, that's like saying somebody puts a po- posts a picture in the, of themselves on a bikini in a bikini. I'm going to get this out in a bikini on Instagram and you just steal their photo. They like the girl next door look too. They're not choosing it. And that's our complaint is why don't you just use the actual girls in your club? Right. But it does invite a lot of garbage into your life. So you have to be really careful with what you're shooting, what your intentions are. Um, It's, it can hurt you. I've had other instances where my sexier stuff in the past came back and hurt my husband and all kinds of stuff. So, so can you paint the picture for everyone listening? Like what, what was the fitness industry like? Like, what was the landscape like when you first started? Well, there wasn't there wasn't really a strong female kind of muscle kind of angle. Everything was um, still more like Shape magazine. Um, it was a lot of cardio base uh, at the time that I kind of came in. There was a few, but they were more like the competition type looking model. And um, and I really feel like I like to think that I kind of helped soften that a little bit because I tried the competition thing. I just it all came from me having breast cancer. Actually, I changed my lifestyle because I wanted to get healthy, and that getting healthy was like I need to set a goal um, because I'm a terrible procrastinator so I set a goal did a competition didn't really enjoy it because it's you know there's a level of health that you know you're kind of ignoring once you want to reach a, a certain level of fitness and um, and fortunately I was either old to or old enough to understand or too vain because I looked in the mirror and I was like my body looks good but man where are these new wrinkles come from yeah, yeah, totally. <laughs> you get so lean and yeah. I was just like this doesn't look really healthy so only for like a year out of my career I tried the competition thing and that's what a lot of the girls were doing and so I, I just pivoted at that point and thought I just want to show that muscle is attractive and pretty and I sought help from photographers that weren't your traditional type of photographers there's this one Mike Byerly mm-hmm. who shot um, really sweet like he shot, shot a lot of lifestyle stuff he shot um, some fashion and he honestly didn't want to shoot with me the first time I reached out to him because he has um, he's a Christian and he just was like I don't know it looks really sexy that mm-hmm. stuff looks really sexy and I said no please that's exactly why I want you is I don't want to go in that direction I want people to see it as pretty and just put me in a dress and so he did he took a chance on me and I really feel like putting that stuff out there made women a lot of the women that were following me go wow I want to be pretty I want to have muscle and be pretty because muscle looks healthy and fit but um but I just want it to look attractive and I want to feel better in my clothes and confident and that's what I really tried hard to do but um now it's just taking this big swing back towards sexy because of um, social media it's just everybody's like the look at me I need as many likes as I can get and it's kind of sad to me because for a while I felt like we were kind of in a good sweet spot 
Yeah. Yeah. In the right direction. Yeah. You had mentioned a couple times about, you know, maybe making some mistakes or, you know, maybe doing something that was maybe out of your integrity. So like, what did that look like? Because I think especially as maybe a model who wants to get more images and wants to get the magazines and wants to shoot with certain photographers, you kind of almost feel like you do need to do certain things because you just don't maybe have an honor code at that point. Yeah. And so like, how did that shake out for you? All right. Well, Good question because that was, you know, when you first get, I think, involved in the industry and you get in the best shape of your life, you can't help but have a level of ego involved. It's like, I'm, I'm looking actually pretty good. It might be the first time you've ever even acknowledged that about yourself or thought about that. And so you walk a little different, you know, you can actually buy clothes online and they really fit and instead of going into, <laughs> yeah, you know, yeah. so you just, you feel different. And, um, and I think it becomes kind of a little bit of an addiction. Like what, what else can I do? How else it's you, you mask it in a disguise of creativity. Like, oh, I'm just being creative. I'm going to go shoot all this fun stuff. But it becomes like pushing the envelope a little more and a little more. And photographers will push you, you know, and a lot of them will. And it's very important to find ones that don't want to do that, that you need to look at their portfolio and see that that's not something they want. I used to do this test. I used to say, can I bring, you know, at the time it was my boyfriend. And if they said no, I would never go shoot with them Mm -hmm. because I know they want to try to manipulate you or push you. And if they said yes, I usually felt better about it because, you know, I just... It was kind of my just one little test that I would do, but, um, but it really and truly invites garbage into your life. The more sexy stuff you post, you start getting solicited by men and the worst part solicited by married men. Mm -hmm. Um, you get comments that you would never want to show your relatives, your mom, especially. So, um, yeah, it's like, it's just, and then you start questioning, like, what am I putting out there? Because this is how people perceive me. They don't know you have half a brain in your head. If you're college educated, like anything. And, um, and yeah, I started really feeling like, I was being given this amazing platform because I was growing this, you know, huge audience, but I was squandering it away on, you know, just popularity and my ego. And I really felt um, convicted about that at some point. And I decided, um, I really decided to start praying about it. Like, what do I need to be doing with this? Because I was utterly miserable. I was literally, I've been on the cover of over 80 magazines and I'm, I was miserable, not paid to people have this misconception that if you're on all these magazines, you must be rich and loaded and traveling the world world and they don't pay you for covers of magazines and a lot of people don't realize that and yes it's a great it's an honor it's totally an honor but you have to be smart enough to parlay that into something else and that's where the difficulty comes in on how to figure out how to, how to work in the industry how to really have a legitimate job in the industry and that wasn't easy I had to figure it out myself and um, and as soon as you garner sponsorship from the attention you got from the magazine which is usually the next step you then become you're then at mercy of these brands who want to show you the way they want to show you so if they put you out there in maybe a, a way that doesn't align with your values um, you find yourself in an impasse it's like okay I'm right back in the I don't like the way people are seeing me I want to control the way people see me because I'm I'm awesome I'm a nice person I have a good heart but people only see that you're you know you're sexy or whatever the, the company might want them to think about you so that's really an interesting place about the ego because when you post those kind of photos you seem to get way more likes way more comments than you would maybe posting something more clothed and that's funny I get a lot of unlikes I mean not unlikes what's it called Un- I think it was different back then I when I post different. my body <laughs> right now I mean, triggers, yeah yeah 
Because you know why I think that is because you have more women now. But I think oh, yeah. like you probably had more men following back then. Back then, when, then. So when you're posting that, you're getting more men, getting more men. At least that felt like that was happening for me. And I remember thinking, and I want your take on this. It's there's okay. So like the strip clubs, they're saying, well, you're asking for it, kind of yeah. thing, right? Mm-hmm. And I don't believe any woman is ever asking for something um, like that. Asking for rape, asking for unwanted attention, negative attention, sexual attention. And yet, when I started posting more photos with my shirt on, I was getting less of that stuff and attracting it. So I had a really hard time with going like, I actually realized that I was the problem. I was attracting the attention, but I was also upset because I'm like, that's not fair. And so I had this little internal battle. It's not fair. That's happened to me totally. And it actually right now still happens to me. I'm I'm like 75% women on my Instagram. And and so I'm definitely swayed more toward women. And I'm being, I'm 43, being 43, I get a lot of the the older demographic too. Mm -hmm. And when I post it, honestly, I think because I post a little of it now and it's just like every now and then I've discovered the only way they truly accept it is if I don't say anything self-deprecating if I just put it out there and I'm doing something or whatever and I just happen to be in that outfit to where they can see you know what shape I'm in but if I draw attention to it with the post or imposing like look at this um, that's when I get some unfollows or people not liking it but if I do it the other way I get a lot more likes but the funny thing is I mean I don't know if you guys are like me but at 43 I don't want to keep doing selfies it's like look at my new wrinkle you know, <laughs> there's not enough filters in the world. Thank yeah. you very much. But yeah, I just don't want to. So I'm not really into taking photos of myself as much. But at the same time, I really want to encourage older women that the best is yet to come. We still have so much like life to live and quality of life. That's really and truly what about or what fitness is about. And the, the happy side effect is we look great. You know, mm-hmm. so I still want to show that stuff. And I think for me, that's the struggle now with where I am in my career is showing that fitness is still a priority and should be a priority but not making it all about the physique when you're online it's and it, it's not pretty or sexy to show that health is you know health is great or eating right is great right. <laughs> so, right. so unfortunately yeah it doesn't get as many follows as the other stuff but I think um I don't know. I think there's just this movement movement for women to become more self-aware and more empowered to like treat their bodies well. And I think now the the biggest hurdle is just making sure they they know they deserve it and like it should be a priority. And they know they should do it. They know it's a great thing to do. They see other women that are examples, but. I think for some reason there's this still weird stigma of like I don't deserve it or I'm not I, or it's too late for me. That's a big one. It's too late for me. I can't, you know, make the changes. I've already ruined my body for this long or I had, you know, four kids and it ruined my body. But you can still be the best version of yourself and at least be healthy. So, How did you start pivoting to making your own money mm. versus just being sponsored by someone? Because I think maybe at the beginning of a fitness model's career, that's like their goal. Like, I just want to get sponsored. And I think also getting more likes and getting more attention for the sexier photos makes – and, like, they may see – on Instagram, all the influencers with hundreds of thousands of followers, so they follow them, right? They think that's the way to go. <laughs> and they think that's the way to go because they have all the followers. Then they suddenly realize it's just men and they're not paying the bills. So they're like, you know, try to make a turn. Maybe sponsorship is the way. And then they're going, oh, sponsorship is kind of doing the same. So where was your pivot of going, okay, sponsorship maybe isn't the way or maybe it was. Like, where was your pivot there so you could be like, I'm my own brand now? Yeah, um... 
sponsors did help because of course you're getting some money but um but the first when you're younger especially or new to it your first inclination is oh i'm gonna go buy a new purse or something it's not like to invest in yourself Mm -hmm. so i i fell prey to that it was like oh i got some money so i'm gonna go like on a vacation or i'm gonna go do something fun um so i I woke up really fast and realized that i needed to do something with that so i started using that money to try to create my own things i'm not tech savvy it's a wonder i've made it this far to be honest but (laughs) But I I did my best um, to partner with people that knew what I didn't know. And um, I sacrificed a lot of money for that because I have to share profits for that, which is part of it. But in truth, I do a lot less work. So it's kind of a, you know, you have to decide. You'll make a lot more money if you can figure out the tech stuff and do it on your own to deliver your content. But for me, I made a career out of the last, gosh, Um, at least the last seven years partnering with brands doing programs for them and but I will be completely candid I will make them half a million dollars and I'll only get like $70,000 and I did the whole thing the whole thing filmed it everything so I mean it's a big chunk you're leaving on the table but um, but for me if I did two or three a year I could spend all the time I want with my kids I homeschool my six-year-old and you know I wouldn't trade that time for the world and I don't have to sit and babysit a lot of that stuff because they do it they do the marketing they do all this stuff so it's really you have to decide what you want to do now if you're making money on your own um as I started to try to get little things here and there um the way I left bodybuilding.com is I was I was like what do I do because this is a big chunk I mean we're talking six figures that I just was gone Mm -hmm. and my husband's a worship pastor and it's like he is never gonna make enough money to just like we couldn't afford the house at that point it's like what are we gonna do so um, I found a few platforms online. One was DietBet. DietBet was at least a good little buffer for me for a little while. Um, as a host, you can make money and people join. But I made I made it a goal to really overserve these people so that it would be a positive experience for them. And so I would have this kind of thing, a cushion, while I figured out some other things. So then my other goal was I wanted to start finding these brands that I could collaborate with to either write or, um, or do posts because I had built a following at that point. But I don't I don't find affiliate marketing very profitable. Mm-hmm. I just think it's kind of a lot of work. I can't believe bloggers do it as much as they do. But oh, blogging is a great you know option too. But really and truly partnering with people to create these programs was where my bread and butter came mm-hmm. from. But but if you do want to do the online thing, to go back to that. Um, I found what was really important was for me to go look at the brands that really and truly I wanted to to work with. I went and found their about section, what their mission is, all those things. And then I created a post that looked like I was using it in my real life, which most of the time I would because I never promote things that I don't. But for example, Susie's Donuts is, um, (laughs) they're healthy grain food donuts. And my kids, you know, you don't want to deny kids, even though you're trying to be healthy, you want your kids to have fun stuff. So Susie's Donuts, I really wanted to get like try more of their donuts and stuff. Their stuff's good. So I crafted a post where I was making homemade donuts and I just put that it should be nicer if I could just get a healthy donut every now and then and not have to make these all the time, even though, you know, cause I'm just in a hurry and I tagged them and then I tagged them a couple times and they sent me like a year supply of donuts. Love it. <laughs> I'm like, oh, I don't want to have to cook these myself. Yeah, but when you do things that fit for them and you promote them in a really great way, I think they can't, you're, even if you're a small, like not, you don't have a lot of big followers, you never know. You could at least get something from them that you get, you could get a thank you, you get a repost, you know, all of those things are valuable because the repost might get you some new people that you can market to if you have a business. So, um, but I've done that with magazines too. Strong Magazine, they're, um, it's 
educate, inspire, which is different than oxygen, which ironically is strength. They want to show strength training, performance. So it's different. So when I would post a fitness photo, um, I would I would be doing something and I would educate. I would say something educational underneath and then I would tag strong and they would repost me a few times. And then after a while, because they obviously knew me if they're reposting me or are aware of me, you ask, I would like to work with you. Can I write for you? Can I do that? You know, that's when you can do the ask because you've been doing something and they've been acknowledging your effort, you know? They obviously know you, though. Well, <laughs> but, 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 but yes. I, I've seen it work for a lot of people, yeah, though, of because it's really just about people will be bold. They do it to me all the time and they'll ask for something sure. and out of goodness of your heart, you'd like to reciprocate. But if I did that for everybody, yeah. like especially the charity things, which, oh my gosh, you wish you could help every single person. Yeah. But if, if I post that, every other post on my page is going to be some char- charity thing that's sad, yeah. you know, and yeah. my page will turn into that. And so I have to really be discerning and pick and choose things that really, really capture my attention or my heart. And it's the same with people wanting to post or wanting you to post their content or help them it's like it's got to be so in line with me or they've they keep doing something supportive over and over again to you that you're like man this person is just really in there they really 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 want to support you they want to be you know I don't know. They, it's you. Just feel like you need to reciprocate in some way, even if it's just posting them in your story, saying this person is just really um, encouraging, and you know whatever it is. So I don't be a nuisance, but I think that stuff really does work because I mean it's human nature for you to feel like man this person just loves me yeah (laughs) I mean how do you manage that though because I'm sure you get people all the time who are maybe pitching you on something or you know so like how do you I mean I'm sure they're great people but it's just the mat like everyone just wants your attention like oh my god if Jamie just knew who I was then maybe something would happen yeah well thank you for thinking that I don't think that I'm all that great where everybody wants my attention for that but there are quite a few that I'm, I'm really surprised that um, at, that I do get solicited as much as I do. Um, for instance, there was one um, I'd really like to actually work with her. She created a product called Baby Basics. She's a, um, a registered nurse, and I'm not going to post her yet, though, because she has a product that she created, and it's not... It's not completely done. She needs to have it completely done. I need to know what the user experience is. If I'm going to ever post anything, you need to give me access. I need to be able to see what it looks like. I need to see if it works. Um, you know, if it's going to take a while for me to figure out if it's efficacious, you might need to wait for three months if it's a three-month program. And it might be longer than that because I probably can't start it right now. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, but all that matters to me. I will never put something out that I don't know if it works or not. And the Baby Basics thing is wonderful content. But the problem is her her user experience, the way she has it packaged, is is difficult to kind of understand. And so I wrote her back and said, "This is amazing content. I it's for grandparents, you know, moms for keeping your kid, your children safe, you know, um, choking, all these kind of different things that she can help you with." And but it just. Yeah, everything people need to, if they're going to approach a partner or an affiliate, they need to have their, you know, their positioning, like what is this, who's this for exactly, they need to know um, their product needs to look great and polished, the packaging needs to look great, the user experience, um, their pitch needs to be like crystal clear, like everything needs to be so perfectly clear and ready to go that all that's left is for me or somebody to say yes. 
you know, but it's very rare that that's the situation. Yeah. Usually there's things that are not done. Right, or so, they want you to fill in a gap or something. Yeah, and, like, then, and, and then it's sometimes really shocking to them, but I will say, you know, it's not a money issue, but in order for me to do this, you can only pick like two or three things a year that you can promote that somebody else made, or you look like you're hawking yep. everything in the world. Sure. So I'm very discerning with that, but also it's got to be worth it financially for you to do that. So baby basics, I don't know how many of my audience really is going to dive into that. So it, I think it's great content though. So I wanted to get it done, but, um, but I would get like 75% of the profit and they would only get like 25, which sometimes is shocking to them, but it gets you a new customer, right? So you're getting some money. You can go to any other affiliates you'd like to do the same exact thing with. It's going to get you some money and then you're going to have a brand new customer to market to. So they've just got to understand that that's really the way this affiliate stuff works. It's not, you know, I'll give you 5% of my sales, which I would give people a hundred percent to get access to new people because I'm thinking they're going to buy like other things from me later on. I'm hearing more and more people saying that. Like yeah. I know some of the really big affiliates like Joel Marion, yeah. people like that, they have to have a hundred percent of yeah. yours. Mm-hmm. I don't feel like I'm quite Joel's level. <laughs> so I'm okay with 75. Yeah. But, um, but yeah, it, I, I agree with you because you're going to be able to have a customer that you can then have a relationship with for the yeah. next five to 10 years. And who knows? Absolutely. What that will look like. It's very cool. So the baby thing, I am really curious about how getting pregnant, having a baby oh, now too, but how that going, like, right when you got pregnant, how were you thinking, like, is this going to affect my career? Were you worried about body image stuff? Were you thinking like, if my body's a mess, I can never do this again. I want to know all of that stuff. Cause I think a lot of women probably have those same concerns or like even showing off their stomach after pregnancy when they're in fitness. So I want to hear like that. Yeah. Well, uh, I guess ignorance is bliss because when I first was pregnant, I, I felt great. You know, I was not the cute pregnancy, you know, like model girl at all. I was big and swollen everywhere. But, um, so first of all, I did not look like a lot of these other girls end up looking online and I felt so frumpy that I went to the grocery store and bought this, um, organic hair color stuff. And it turns out it was Latina color of the year, not my color. (laughs) (laughs) It's like some reddish brown. And Jamie's like blonde and has been blonde for a long time. It was weird. I just, you just, you're pregnant. You just do weird things. So, (laughs) So anyway, so yeah, I, um, I felt great during pregnancy but then all the wheels fell off at the end and my birthing experience was nothing like I thought it was going to be like I was ready for the natural birth I'm fit I'm healthy evidently I have a really narrow hip girdle and I couldn't have the baby and they broke this is the craziest part everybody is always like what I wanted natural birth but at this point they had pumped me full of pitocin all these things to make me go and I couldn't go they broke the epidural needle on my back three times (gasps) well they got it in the third but it curved my back looked like I had been in a car wreck. It was so bruised and swollen. And the doctor said, I've never had this happen before. And I was just like, lucky me. But, um, but anyway, when I went home that day, I weighed more from all the edema and swelling than I did with the baby in my stomach. And so, yeah, I was looking in the mirror and I was like, oh, I shared the picture online because I literally looked like fat bastard from most of the hours. <laughs> My thighs were hanging over my knees and my belly was hanging over my girl. I could not, I couldn't even see my business. And so, yeah, I was (laughs) was looking in the mirror like what in the world? Nobody I had seen at this point looked like this where they hadn't really shown it. So, um, in three days I had lost 26 pounds of water. So fortunately I called a doctor friend of mine and he was like, drink, drink, drink. So, um, so that did help. And I got down, you know, a lot better. And I was able actually to get 
decent shape after that. But it takes a lot longer than people think because the reality is people rush it. And this is something I learned the hard way, but people rush it. And you know, the, the little belly pooch, a lot of us get not just from, um, babies or just the extended distension of your baby belly. It's really from your back muscles. Your back muscles carried that baby so long that they're super weak. And I see all of these, um, women that immediately go back to exercising. And if your, your lower back isn't very strong, when you do squats, when you do all these big movements that push your stomach out, you end up with this perpetual tummy pooch and it could have going back in if you just were patient but because social media perpetuates this need to get in shape right away and I was no different I'm like I'm a fitness expert I need to get in shape fast um, I realized I was making my stomach worse so I did have um, diastasis where you're you have ab separation it wasn't terrible I was really careful with that part and I I'm really fortunate that I'm connected to so many great professionals that helped me with what exactly to do. But, um, but again, there wasn't a lot of focus on my lower back and I threw my back out trying to pick up the baby once the worst I'd ever done. Mm. So anyway, supposed to be like this fitness expert. And I found myself a hot mess, just like in pain. And you know, my stomach was not looking the same and looser skin than I ever had. So fortunately I just, I kind of, it dawned on me, my back is messed up. I need to focus on my back. And as soon as I got all the focus on my back away from anything about my stomach, everything started to kind of come in more. Mm. I was really careful about any squats and things I did. I did not work out seriously until nine months after birth. And most people are trying to do it like, what do the doctors say? Six, six weeks. weeks. Yeah. It's ridiculous. That's way too soon. And I mean, you're not even, the baby's not even sleeping enough for you to sleep to get recovery. So right. you, you don't need to be working out. And some soon. women even want to do it before then. It's crazy. We were speaking on this yacht thing and there was a woman in the back who was breastfeeding and Joe and I had gone up to talk and we were kind of just saying like, you don't need to rush. And she was like, I just want to thank you guys for permission for saying that. Cause she's like, I feel like I need to be going out there and doing stuff. And I'm like, she's sitting there. No, she was pumping, not breastfeeding. Yeah. Baby was like, she's pumping. I'm like, you're still breastfeeding. You're here. Like there's no reason you need to be going to the gym and pushing yourself. Yeah. But do well, you think that the fitness industry kind of perpetuates that? Like I see these girls who are doing a show and they're holding their three month old and you're like, okay, so I should be able to, she did it. I should be able to do that. Like she I got haven't seen that. That's crazy. Oh, I've seen a few. Uh, you know, I, I don't know. I think a lot of women need to, especially in that scenario, like doing competition and you've got your baby. Why are you doing competition? Like that's the, you've got to think about what is this really for? Because that time will go so fast with your baby and it takes a lot of time and effort to get ready for competition. So not to say that's wrong or anything like that, but it's just your priorities. Like I think sometimes people will look back and think, you know, I, I probably didn't need to rush that, you know, cause, um, you can always get in shape and in better shape at any time. But I think, I think social media makes us feel like we need to do it fast because we see other people doing it faster. It looks like they did it fast and we never know if it's Photoshop. Um, I just, yeah, I try to be really transparent with my stuff. I showed the fat bastard look, you know, all that stuff. <laughs> and a lot of women messaged me and were like, oh my goodness, because they just couldn't imagine. But in my second uh, experience, I made sure just to have a cesarean right away because I knew I wasn't going to be able to have the baby naturally. But, um, but I had loose skin. And I remember the first time I went back to modeling, which was a while because... First of all, I just didn't, it wasn't a priority to me. Like I love being with my kids and I'm, I work out for a different reason now. When you have a baby, mortality becomes like 
at the front of your mind. You're just like, you know, you quit working out for the aesthetic and you start thinking longevity. I, I got to be here for my kids. I want to see my kids, kids, you know, that kind of thing. And so, um, so yeah, you just flip a switch and everything is about how healthy you can eat and less about, let me see how, what I can build this body to look like. And I found myself there. And fortunately for me, um, magazines were, had a lot of grace with looking at the different demographics of women, realizing that that is a standard that's really not necessary. And um, we talked about it a lot and they gave me an opportunity to, you know, do some magazine covers when I was not in my best shape. It was hard. It was really hard, like Strong Fitness Magazine. I did their cover at six months postpartum. And um, I definitely did not feel ready at six months because like I said, I didn't even start really working out until nine. So I was eating really well. And your body, our bodies are miraculous. Like they just go back on their own a lot. Um, and I think that's a huge part. Women are in such a big rush, but if they just wait and let, you know, God's design do its thing, it's going to come back, you know, so, so much. And you're going to attribute that to all the exercise you did. But really and truly, it's just your organs are all moved around. They're all going back. (laughs) And and you just need to give it some time and enjoy, you know, enjoy that after, you know, baby experience. And yeah, I, I learned that the better to do that better with my second. And I'm sure glad I did it because... I, honestly, I think the less stress I put on my body, the better it responded the second time around. So, is there were there any like professionals, like fitness people that you kind of look to who are doing really good like postpartum? Like, is that something that you talk about at all, or like postpartum training for moms? Like, is there? Is there I someone that you kind of went to did for that? a post-pregnancy plan with a doctor. I created one, and that, but Bodybuilding.com owns the content. I don't own it. Um, I did it with them after my first child, but I no longer work with them. And it's a good program. It really is. But it lacks because it doesn't address the diastasis, mm-hmm. and nearly everybody experiences that. So I really recommend women to go to a specialist first or find somebody, a rehab specialist, or if you have a natural birth, somebody who can work with your pelvic floor and do all of that stuff prior to any exercise. There's some really great pregnancy programs online. I didn't create one because for me, um, I did that with bodybuilding.com because there was a doctor involved, but as a fitness professional, I won't do a pregnancy plan where you're working out pregnant because for me, like that's really risky, risky. And, um, God forbid anything ever happened to somebody I would in or the baby, I would just be horrified. But in post-pregnancy, there's so many different experiences. You really need a medical professional or somebody who, you know, really and truly that is their only focus. Um, knocked up fitness. There's a few different ones mm-hmm. online that I've seen that I think are really good. Massey Arreyes is a, um, is a fitness professional. I don't think she does baby focused stuff, but she's done a really good job navigating the baby to getting fit again. Mm-hmm. She only has one child. I will say it's, it was easier when I only had the one child because you don't have the other child running around screaming while you're, you know, trying to do things in your life and you, your, your spouse, if you have your spouse, which is uh, hopeful because it's hard on your own. I don't know how single moms do it, but, um, you can always, you know, trade off and get your time. But when there's more than one child, it's, you know, your body, like you get pregnant a lot faster as you show a lot faster and mm-hmm. I get pregnant faster, but <laughs> some people do. Yeah. Some people it's like, wait a minute, weren't you just pregnant? <laughs> so I felt like that was me actually. And I breastfed for five years straight. Dang. I was so happy to have my boobs back. <laughs> but yeah. And I will tell you, I have augmentation from having breast cancer and it does not matter when you breastfeed. If you have augmentation, they 
they still droop. <laughs> so just so you know, but, um, but I was really happy to be able to breastfeed, but that's also, you know, you've got so much prolactin in your body, just like surging through your body that it's hard to build muscle because that's like the antithesis of testosterone mm-hmm. that you need. Mm-hmm. So again, all these women that are breastfeeding, we have this thing in our mind. I need to get my body back. I need to get my body back, but you're fighting an uphill battle. So it's really so hard to tell people to be patient, but it's just really what it is. I love that you said that you can always get in shape. Like, I think that that's definitely, and you had mentioned this before we turned the mic on about like women who are in their forties or fifties feel like, well, I didn't start my twenties. So I'm never like, it's easy for you to say, Jamie, you started in your twenties. Like, so what do you tell, I don't know, maybe a woman who's starting to weight train in her forties and she's like, it's just all a waste. Well, I didn't start actually until I was 29 and, um, I didn't even have a real career in fitness until after 30. So, um, but my mom and dad, my, my mom and dad, they were in their fifties and, um, my mom had gained weight and she was probably around a size 10. Sorry, mom for telling people, but she was probably <laughs> around a size 10 and she wasn't feeling really good cause she, we're, she's my height. We're five, two. And, um, she was used to being like a zero or a two. And, uh, and so I just put them on weight training and said, you know, this is what you're missing. You sarcopenia occurs where you naturally lose muscle after 40. So when you lose muscle, your metabolism decreases, you burn less calories. So the only way to improve your metabolism is if we build muscle. So that is the big piece of the puzzle that so many of these women are missing. And it's as easy as starting a weight training routine and starting to eat well and replace some of the bad decisions that you were making with better ones. And I did that with my mom and dad and my mom went down to a size two. She's 60, um, she's 65 now and in the same exact shape. She still has her dark chocolate and wine like all the time. <laughs> but um, as soon as she sees her body start to slip back out of shape and gain more body fat, she starts weight training again. And so I feel like a lot of women, I just did a group of uh, group training with um, about 2,500 people and the common denominator was no weight training with all of these women or they were weight training but they were only doing it peppered in with their cardio routines and their kickboxing class and all these things and really and truly if you're lifting weights three times a week you're really in a maintenance phase you're you're preserving the muscle that you have if you're working out four times a week you'll be making slow progress five is ideal six is if you're serious you know I'm really wanting to make change in a short amount of time but it takes a lot of effort you know our bodies um, are highly adaptive and so unless we keep putting you know new stimulus on it and lifting a little bit more and you will not turn into she hulk you know it takes <laughs> big thing right it takes so much effort and all that'll happen is you get tighter and more compact and I tell women all the time that are getting older I'm like look the moment we're born gravity is pulling us down yeah. so unless you do something <laughs> to lift it back up we're just gonna look sadder and sadder yeah. Yeah. I know we did an aging episode I was like I feel like everyone's face just melting have you seen the tape where they like pull your skin and you tape it into your hair oh my god oh, wow. <laughs> I, I don't have the right hair for that but I guess I don't I'm not above it. Well, yeah, it's like, just like when I start wearing tight ponytails, you're gonna know it's all. Like, I grew my hair out a little bit so I could have a ponytail. I've been missing out <laughs> all out this time bit. on yeah. the facelift. <laughs> <laughs> there's yo- there's face yoga. Face yoga. Guys. Face yoga. Yes, because yoga. they're like, well, it makes sense, right? There's muscles in here. It's like basically yeah. training for your face. There's have you done it? No. no. Okay. <laughs> I met the creator of it a few years ago. Yeah. Oh my gosh, we should do a video on that, you guys. It would be hilarious. Oh my gosh, probably. yeah. We'll all be doing like that. I know. That's exactly what it's like. So. Funny. That's, That's funny. Well, hey, you know what? It, I, I believe, like, my son has, um, both of my boy 
studies actually have accommodated esotropia, which is an eye condition for muscle. And um, they both they have double vision and they cross their eyes to have a single image. And um, and it's so funny, doctors, eye doctors are just like doctors are with chiropractors. They don't exactly play well together. So eye doctors, there's a thing called vision therapy. They don't believe in it. They think that it doesn't really work. But I'm from a different school of thought and I know about training muscles. And so vision therapy, my boys were we're going to start with my younger one. Um, I just believe when you train any muscle that you can improve. I mean, we've seen people have accidents that aren't supposed to walk or, you know, so, um, so yeah, so I'm not above face yoga. (laughs) So on the aging, like we did a whole thing on aging, how has that affected your brand or not? And just personally, because we've been, so Jill and I have been single the last couple of years. And so coming out of a marriage and suddenly you're dating and now you're going like, Oh, I'm not like 20 dating anymore. It feels, like aging is a I don't know it's kind of it's more on my radar yeah it's more on the radar yeah so you're you've been like photographed since you're the last 13 14 years um how has that played a part in just how you feel about yourself and going forward like do you look forward to it well, or you first of all, you look gorgeous and you don't look your ages. So <laughs> any guys would be lucky for sure. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, gosh, to be single again, life would be so easy. We don't have our kids this weekend. <laughs> right. My husband and I woke up right before I came here and we were like, man, it's so calm and wonderful in here. <laughs> but um, the, the one benefit of being married is you kind of don't, you know, you don't worry as much about everything that you look like. But then again, if you don't, your, your relationship starts to be affected. So I really inf- truly feel like aging is kind of on everybody's radar. Even my husband is like, man, I'm starting to have like new wrinkles. So, I mean, I think the guys, unless you're going for 20 year olds, I think, you know, they probably feel the same. I think we always think of it as just a female thing, but, um, but with aging, I, the wonderful thing about health and fitness is that um, especially with my job and as in regard to me having a career here um, is no matter how old or what transition I'm going through in life there's somebody doing the same exact thing we're all getting older together I've noticed that with my following there are a lot of people that have been around since my OG or I don't know if that's yeah. really your OG days <laughs> my OG days <laughs> when I first got into this so um, so yeah I don't know I mean it, it, the aging part isn't fun but it's inevitable and it's going to happen to all of us and I feel like there's I met these ladies just the other night um, that were in their 60s and I'll be completely honest my husband helped me pick out my outfits this week um, because I wanted to wear this dress it was like black and it had like bright polka dots and this ruffle thing and he was like oh you're gonna regret that choice <laughs> I was like why because to me it was fun and like I liked the way my legs looked and I was like it's fun and a little out there which I have fallen victim to the age-appropriate kind of clothing thing, Mm -hmm. and my husband perpetuates it. He's a worship pastor, so he picked this outfit for me. It was like a pumpkin color. He's like, it's very fall. Well, looking at the pictures this weekend, I'm like, I look like I'm in a medical gown with a (laughs) a robe belt on it. And of course, I'm standing next to all these beautiful, like more sexy-looking like fitness girls. I sent my husband pictures. I was like... Poor choice, buddy. <laughs> but, um, and these 60 year old ladies that I met were all decked out, glitzed out, and yeah. they had like cute, like they were form fitting. They looked fantastic. And you know what? As a woman who I think I've come to a more conservative place in my life because I have two boys, I'm married to a worship pastor, I'm way more mindful about what I'm putting out in the, out in the world. I looked at these women and not even for a second did I think they looked like 
too sleazy, sexy, or anything. I was like, look at how cute and darling and how just awesome they looked. And I felt I felt the confidence from what they had on. And I wrote my husband as soon as I got back to the room and said, I am not dressing this frumpy dumpy junk anymore. <laughs> I'm like, I'm gonna wear stuff that like still shows that I care about what I look like. And you know, I'm not gonna wear like low cleavage. Nobody wants to see the five years of breastfeeding action, you know. <laughs> but um, I'm not gonna wear low cleavage and short skirts, but there's no reason to completely conform to this like, you know, dowdy look. My mom for a while was wearing like everything doily related. I don't know what was going on there. <laughs> doily and animal print. And for some reason I was like, I'll try the doily and animal print. <laughs> oh my gosh. My mom who is 25 years older than me, let's match. <laughs> So I don't know. We were going to some event and I was just like, I'll just wear what she's wearing. And anyway, oh my gosh, you guys, it was a big wake up call that I was like, I've given up. I think I've given up. <laughs> You're like, this is my rock bottom. <laughs> so I think, I think really and truly, if we just, you know, realize that we're still beautiful and there's still value at every age. And it just, you know, if you keep trying and you keep doing what you love, like I love makeup, you know, I will, if nobody can tell me at 80 that glitter is not appropriate, mm. I will be all glittered up. I will have blue hair from dyeing my hair a hundred times. <laughs> like I just know it. And you know what? It's, that's just fine. You know, and my, my husband actually ironically tries to get me in those more covered up clothes. But every time I wear something different, he's like, hubba hubba. I like Break that. Out. <laughs> but, like, see. Yeah. But I, I guess in his mind, he's like, I don't want put that out in the world yeah. but at he doesn't the same, want anyone else thinking that but he wants it yeah but I, I I think like in real in reality like he even looked at the picture of the pumpkin chief this weekend and was just like yeah not my best suggestion I'm like thanks buddy I think we're burning that one yeah it's going to charity go look at my Instagram we'll see it right now it's oh, not cute see. it's not cute oh my gosh. but anyway so funny yeah we, we get that a lot because it was funny I just went on vacation with my mom and we she brought like a white jean jacket and she's like can you wear this after labor day and i was like are we still talking about this like <laughs> i'm just like yeah of course i think the rules what you want yeah i mean i think a lot of the rules i mean to your point like you have to like it i think if you're feeling a self-conscious yourself then probably that's going to come off yeah from an energetic perspective but if like you're rocking it you know like i don't like i have really small breasts and i have like pecs from doing a lot of like chest exercises and i enjoy wearing like low-cut things to me it feels like subtly sexy but not over the top you know yeah because you just have to kind of pick and choose. I think so. I think play up the things that are, you know, good about it that you do like. Like, I'm getting wrinkles around my eyes, but I still like my eyes when I put makeup on them, you know? So I think, you know, it's just a part of what comes. You can Botox, do whatever you want, and it's, you know, and to slow it down if you want to, it's inevitable. It's all going to get us at some point. But, um, and I think more power to you if you want to. I do chemical peels every month. You know, I'm, I had horrible sun damage from just being outside and a family owns a roofing company for 50 years and from three years old I was sitting on a roof so I mean I've had a lot of sun exposure and um so that was important to me and I was like I want to get that off so I did photo facials and I was so glad I did so I think you know do what makes you feel good and don't worry about what anybody else thinks if that means an augmentation or a lift or a tuck or this or that or it just means working out and eating healthy to you whatever it is it's like do it you know feel this is you get one life you don't want to go through it miserable you know not feeling good about yourself so so true 
I have one more question. Do you have anything? This is okay. I want to make sure because I want to take it in a different direction. Okay, last question. So, social media wise, like obviously your brand, like people follow you for what you do and how you, and you mentioned like you have increased your um, how much money you're making as a result of like really kind of taking your brand more seriously and not just doing the modeling stuff anymore. What gets your attention? You're scrolling the feed. What would, because I think we tend to think like we're here at a fitness modeling conference, you know, there's kind of, it feels like there's a way to do things. What would get your attention? Oh gosh. You would be like, you're the most boring person on earth if you saw my feed. It's like cat videos and uh, home decor. <laughs> Seriously. I, you know what? I had this mentality when I was actually really successful as far as like, or the perceived, the perception of success when I was doing all the photo shoots. Um, I never moved to LA because I don't like the go see, like you have to go and get, you know, they'd say yes or no, if you're going to get this yep. you know, gig or not. I never liked that. I'm not, it's not that I was avoiding the possibility of rejection. I've had a ton of that. Um, but it just wasn't it's so important to me to go for everything. Um, I would just stay in my lane, do what I love doing, which was serving people. And I find myself doing that on Instagram today. I just, I'm so busy trying to think of things for other people that I really don't have, or for serving my audience that I don't really have time to like be on there a lot. And, um, and I find when I do start looking, I start thinking, Oh, that video is so good. I need to make my video better. Or, you know, all these things when really and truly, if I just focus on serving my, my audience the best I can right now, you know, like maybe that does mean I get a better light so that they can see me better or whatever it is. But if I go to look at all that other stuff all the time, I'm thinking my message isn't strong enough. My lighting isn't good enough. My this or that. And all of that you know, attention that I'm putting toward other things is taking attention from what I've been doing, which is serving people. So I'm not good at it. I'm not the best on social media. I will admit it, but I really have truly amazing followers. Um, they're in, I direct message with people all the time. Um, I, I get validation whenever I do have a product, I put something out and they buy it really quickly. So, and they're always like, they're like, you could just tell us, you know, you could write down one recipe and I'll give you money for it. You know, like they'll, They'll give me, they're so gracious about, you know, wanting to support me. And I think it's because I work so hard to support them. I don't charge them for everything. I give them as much as I can. And then if I've worked really hard to package something together, I've even taken recipes that I already put everywhere, put them all in one place and just said, really, it's just for convenience, but it costs X amount of dollars. And they all bought it, you know? So I think part of that is just, I look online for entertainment. I don't really want the heavy duty stuff. Um, I got enough drama in my own life. My kid freaking put a pair of poop drawers in my washing machine right before I left. <laughs> and I washed a whole load of laundry with a big poop in it. <laughs> It's <laughs> terrible. I'm literally leaving for the airport, pulling clothes out, and a big poop falls out. Oh my I'm just God. like, really? Really? And so when I needed a blouse that was in there, I was like, well, I'm not taking that one. No. So, but yeah, I have enough to do in my life that I'm just, you know, I, I can't go down the rabbit hole of Instagram. And I think we subject ourselves to too much to make us feel insecure. I think a lot of that's our own problem. Yeah. And, um, and yeah, there's at every turn my whole entire career I've realized this there's always somebody prettier in better shape smarter all of these things and so I 
I, for me, you're going to make a connection with somebody because of, probably because of your personality. There, you, you attract friends that are like you. You know, if you're chill and your friends chill, it's because you're like chill together. We all have that one kooky friend that's totally off the wall and we love them anyway. But um, hi, Angie, if you're listening. <laughs> <laughs> but most of our friends are just like us. And I think online, if we just find those people that are our friends like us and just really and truly be friends and serve them and they want to support you just like my friends are like hey I'm doing this charity walk I'm like here's 50 bucks for your charity walk I'm going to always support them even though I didn't get really and truly like something tangible from that I supported her so um so yeah that's my goal I just want to have those kind of relationships online and not be distracted by all the other noise love it so many people need to hear that I know thanks so this is the best life podcast and we want to know what does Jamie Eason's best life look like ah, like if my dream life, life what is your like? best life like how, yeah, how do you like feel every... just like this is the best life ah well I, I love home life I'm an introvert like this event or any of these kind of events I, I feed off people's energy and I feel like I do really great like going back and forth but literally when I get home I like totally like close off decompress um, I wear a robe perpetually. I need to start a robe business. I, <laughs> I do. I have a robe. I love, I love yeah. robes. I brought my pillow, not my robe, but <laughs> I'll do it next time. But, um, but yeah, like sitting around in my robe all day, like being kind of lazy. I love playing with the boys. I'm totally a homebody with like, what's the next project I can work on. I'm always, um, I like to garden. I mean, I didn't ever like to garden before, but to me, like going out and pulling weeds, I know that sounds probably miserable to some people, but I zone out and I just, I feel like I'm in nature and I'm just, you know, taking care of things that, that I've worked really hard to, to build, like, you know, buying a home, um, a, a family, my, you know, kids, you, my biggest goal is just raising wonderful little human beings. And so if I get to be home and nurture that stuff, like that's my best life. That's when I feel really good. I love it. So where can people find you, get your programs? Where's the best place to get? Uh, well, if you go, yeah, to my Instagram probably is where I'm most active. Like if you ever want to talk to me, just DM me on there, but it's Jamieson Middleton is my, um, Instagram. My Facebook has like over a million followers, but I'm honestly not as active over there because I find the interface harder. Um, but, um, and then as far as online, I still partner with companies, um, releasing a, a product with oxygen magazine. Um, it's called the 60 day reset. It's just for, it's like a metabolic program. Um, I'm doing it with a really amazing accomplished nutrition nutritionist, sorry, um, Dr. Chelsea Axe, and we are releasing that at the first of the year. So I'm filming it um, in a week, going to Colorado, doing a bunch of exercises. I hope I do not die from the altitude change. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, I don't know if I can. Have you ever exercised up there? I have, but not oh in like a hundred years. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I remember doing hill sprints there once, and I was like. <gasps> What is the problem? I, know, yeah. I literally will probably die, but I'm like, can we cut? Well, you're the best. Thank you so much for taking the time. I know that Thank so many you. people wanted your attention this weekend, so we are just grateful. Thank and you. And we'll send all of the people to DM you, so be ready. I, oh, I love it. <laughs> Honestly, I love spending time with y'all. I've missed you, and so appreciate you having me yeah. on. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you.
say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate megastores led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.